Hello and welcome to the Borderlandia podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Laredo. And with me, my co-host, Valerie Gonzalez. And with our special guest today, Margarita Araiza. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so we are so excited about this episode. Um, it's been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. For those of you that got to hang out with us in February for the WBCA events, this is the episode. It's out. <laughs> Finally. It's... Like you said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, we were just thinking of posting up the, you know, the the interviews that we did running around Jalapeno Fest. But I feel like there was a portion that needed to be said or at least heard in between those interviews, which is basically learning a little bit more of like the actual local history behind us to why we celebrate uh, not only you know why we have the Jalapeno Fest, but in general WBCA, which is if it, if people don't know what that is, that's the Washington Birthday Celebration Association. Association. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See, this is why we have her. She's an expert here. <laughs> like you said, it's a very important conversation um, that has so many moving parts. Um, it's ever evolving, even as we go on through the years, and it's really cool to be able to have Margarita on here. Margarita is the executive director of the Webb County Heritage Foundation here in Laredo. Uh, 500 Flores Avenue is where you can find them. And she is a wealth of knowledge. Um, I met Margarita through one of my leadership institutes and she told us about WBCA and I left just full of insight of Texas history, Laredo history, and why we celebrate this white man. I think all of us, as you hear in the questions that we asked our listeners at our live events, uh, you'll realize we all really don't know why we celebrate Washington's birthday celebration. So I guess you could give us a little background on the Webb County heritage, what we do here, how long you've been here. We said over 27 years. Well, yeah, me personally, 27 years. The Heritage Foundation uh, was founded in 1980. So the, the Heritage Foundation has been here for 43 years. Um, it, it's been here a while. And uh, and. It's been doing great work, I believe, um, in historic preservation. And, and then we've expanded that over the years to include heritage education and heritage tourism. So um, now we, we provide a, a wealth of services and products for the community that revolve around preservation and education and tourism. And we have some museums as well. Exactly. We, we operate two museums downtown, the Republic of the Rio Grande Museum, which has been there for a very long time. It is the actual capital building of the Republic of the Rio Grande, which was our own country that existed in 1840. And this is the actual building. It's not a recreation. It's, um, it's, it's the real thing. See, it's like tidbits like that where I'm like, like, holy crap, like I didn't even know that we had that. So that's actually pretty sick. Like, I didn't even know. Hopefully that. we'll get to walk you over so you can see it. I only recently went in there. Mm -hmm. uh, I was visiting Andrea and she gave me the whole tour. All the cool infographics that you guys got now look amazing. Uh, definitely a hidden gem here that we should all visit and support. Like she said, it's the original building. So you walk in there and even... I don't know, the, the climate feels different in there. <laughs> and to think that people live there and there's a lot of things, it's just worth checking out, y'all. Definitely, definitely go check that out. Well, you're walking literally in the footsteps of history, uh, Laredo history and, and very so cool. important people that walk through that building. And, and really, when you walk downtown in Laredo, um, you are walking in the footsteps of our ancestors. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's a, a mind-blowing thing. It is. Oh, that's so cool. It really is. All I'm, I'm going to try not to geek out too much. That were here before us. <laughs> I guess this is a good time to also acknowledge that, right? Acknowledge yes. the land, acknowledge those that have been here before us and will mm -hmm. be here after us. Mm -hmm. Well, most people don't realize just how old Laredo is. Um, as I like to point out to people, uh, Laredo was here before there was a United States of America, before there was a before there was a modern state of Texas, before there was a Republic <laughs> of Mexico. Um, this this was all we were here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's uh, been different countries in the past, 
But the city was here. The city was founded in 1755 by Tomas Sanchez and three families. So that's uh, a very small group of people that went through a lot of danger, a lot of hardship, a lot of challenges to found found this city and to survive. Mm -hmm. There were huge, huge uh, challenges to survival. You can imagine if we're sitting here in our air-conditioned room uh, <laughs> right now with, you know, our coffees and our <laughs> water right here at hand and everything, um, and we complain about, you know, oh, I had to walk three blocks to, to my car. <laughs> imagine what the original settlers had to go through um, in the heat of May because the city mm-hmm. was founded in, on May 15th. What it must have been like at that time. Um, Honestly. With nothing to eat, no water other than the river, and frankly, some kind of hostile uh, native tribes that would come through and... Um, yeah. Also protect their land. And, 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 and yeah, clearly challenging them because they, they, they were here first. Yeah. Obviously, and here, here were these newcomers. Uh, yeah. Obviously, a p- trying to settle in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have to give a lot of uh, respect to our forefathers, foremothers, uh, because uh, that was that was an incredible act of bravery to stay here in the midst of all of that. Oh, that's beautiful, Margarita. That's going to stay with me. I think that's a testament to people that are in Laredo. Right. Because I think that's also a good perspective. Like there's so many Mm -hmm. challenges with being here. Um, Obviously, modern day challenges. But even then, sometimes I think it gets it gets overwhelming. And that is a beautiful point. Um, Our forefathers, foremothers, for people have been (laughs) persons. (laughs) We're here before, you know, dealing with so much. And if you're still here, it's so punk rock. You know, you're willing to stay back here and and build change and make growth. And that's that's so cool. And carry on. I mean, it's in our genes, frankly. In, in this population's genes to um, to carry on in the midst of um, challenges and, and hardships. We come from a very um, hardy stock of people who, who can handle stuff. <laughs> Puro 956. Puro 956 a la Well, that's a good way to segue into... Um, well, where should we start? There's just so much to talk about. <laughs> um, sure, yeah. Well, we will be celebrating Founders Day soon, which we're really excited about as well. Yes, we will. Um, <laughs> we, we're planning a much larger celebration this year than we usually do. This, this time it's going to be a public event in the plaza and along the old uh, historic trails uh, on uh, Zaragoza Street and around Plaza San Agustin. And all our neighbors are invited, and the, the entire population in the area is invited to come that day and enjoy the public events, dancing, music, food. Um, so I hope everybody will join us, despite the fact it's probably going to be hot, but just think of your ancestors, and they would have thought, ugh. This is nothing. <laughs> bring your sunscreen. Bring your shorts. Yeah, bring your hat. And the hats, oh, especially. And water. Oh, it'll be a great time for sure to see all our community together. Mm-hmm. But but again, you know, we can um, we can think about that when we when we do celebrate Founders Day. Um, it'll be the two hundred and sixty eighth anniversary of the founding of Laredo. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. Laredo and what is now Nuevo Laredo were originally one city. So this was all one city. The river was not obviously a border. It was just a river that ran down the middle of the of the city and people crossed back and forth, which is also the reason why we have such great ties to our neighbors in Nuevo Laredo. There really are family ties and very, very long-standing relationships of business, of, of family, of uh, shared traditions and customs and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very important to realize that we were all one city once. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah, it wasn't until 1868 after the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which created the Rio Grande as the international boundary 
mm-hmm. um, that that people were forced to choose whether they wanted to be American or Mexican. Wow! At that point, uh, if you wanted to be a American, you had to come to this side of the river. Laredoans that were formerly all one city decided, okay, I'm going to go over there because I want to be American. And and uh, you know, frankly, a lot of people moved south to the South Edge mm-hmm. um, because they didn't want to be Americans; they wanted to remain Mexican. And so there was there was migration in both directions. Wow, a melting pot. That's what makes it so so interesting and so beautiful. There's so much magic, and yeah. like you said, it's in our genes to to be just people of. I don't even have words for it. <laughs> of um, of character, of decision. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the yeah. whole episode with the Republic is a whole other very important chapter, in my opinion. That should be the definition of Laredo, the Republic of the Rio Grande, because at that point. Laredoans and people in this region, it wasn't just Laredo, um, decided to form their own government. They, they felt uh, ignored both by the American government in Austin and, and Washington and the Mexican government in Mexico City. <laughs> so um, they said, that's it. Yeah. We're, we are so abandoned here. We're, we're dealing with a lot of challenges again. Economic challenges, issues of safety. Um, why? Why are we even bothering trying to beg these two sides for help with these things? Um, both sides are ignoring us. Let's just declare our own republic. It even speaks volumes as to like even like current day, because at the same time you're as a fronterizo or fronteriza. Uh, it, it kind of feels the same. Right now, it's still kind of more, uh, I would say, we do get help now, nowadays. Like, if something does come around, uh, right. yeah, uh, basically, either government can can say something about the border now. But back then, which like you're they saying, do. Yes, which they very much do <laughs> now. Like, it's a hot button topic. <laughs> but um, in terms of just overall, it being, a, uh, like you said, they weren't getting any assistance. Even now, I still feel like growing up, that was kind of the case. And the whole phrase of ni de acá, ni de aquí, ni de allá is, speaks volumes, basically. And to hear that even way back when it was a thing to the point where Laredo decided to be, you know what, I'm just going to make my own thing <laughs> <laughs> and defend myself at this point and then hope that either or, you know, countries does something about it which they end up doing something about it and it ended up being Texas. <laughs> but um, but that's Republic interesting. To, yeah, that's so interesting to hear that even way back when it still is kind of like this, like right now, like neither side. Both Now both sides kind of want it, right? Of what Laredo is, which is a big import-export type of thing. So Laredo is something to people Definitely. Whether, whether it's a cash grab or just a whole melting pot of culture uh people want it now which is the interesting part about it back then it was just like nah like y'all y'all do your thing you're just too far away from us we don't yeah. really care you know you're just too geographically far away from either of us so you all de- deal with it yourselves and mm-hmm. they did but the fact is, the city was founded here because of the river, because of the mm-hmm. crossing. That crossing has always been the, the, the defining factor of the founding. And even before the founding, it, it was called Paso del Indio because the Spanish explorers noticed that this was an easy crossing point when they saw Indians crossing all the time, right at this point. And they said, that's where we can move our horses, our wagons, our people, without having to fear the water. Mm-hmm. That's what established the city here. And that is what made it now the largest inland port in the nation. Mm-hmm. Because it still is a very easy and now very developed transit point for freight. Mm-hmm. Freight over railroads or over roads. Um, the only thing we don't have so much is air freight, but that's 
that's not necessary at this point because mm -hmm. the the uh, overland is is so easy here mm -hmm. and continues to be and that's that's what has made this city just turn into a, a very dynamic place um, so yeah that that uh, that movement of people and goods and services at this point is very focal to the to mm -hmm. the identity of Laredo What's something crossed my mind right now, uh, mentioning that I'm actually amazed that we don't have a system for like to tr like to travel through water, you know, what I mean, like a ferry, like what, like how Seattle kind of does, you know, from one point to another. If because people live from there different parts be, of the city. There used to, there be, used a to be a ferry. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. In fact, please tell us about this. <laughs> <laughs> when okay. were we in okay. Seattle at one point? <laughs> yeah, it was a ferry between the two sides right here. In fact, uh, the 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 point to get on the ferry was right here at the end of Flores Street where it meets the river. Uh -huh. So right outside my office, if you go down to where the tack room is mm -hmm. on Saragossa Street, if you've proceeded down to the river bank, that would be the place to catch the ferry to cross the river. Oh my gosh, that's and, so cool. And people crossed on flat bottom boats that they called chalanes. And those were the ones that people just kind of pushed you across right. back and forth. And that was a, a, a business. You should bring that back. That'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Like I would pay I would pay like a subscription to be able just to cross Water-wise. See, to make so it for easier. those that are listening to us, our <laughs> leaders that listen to us, please bring that back. You know what? That reminds me, and I don't remember where I had heard this or who had told me, but they said at some point there was also boats that you could eat dinner on on the river. I don't know how true that is, but that's what they said was an option before as well. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> no fact checks I, on that I, one. <laughs> I know there were steamboats ba oh, wow. back in the... Back in the um, 19th century that came up from the Gulf up to the the river was not navigable around here it, it wasn't deep enough and there were mm. there were too many islands I guess in the way and stuff mm. for a steamboat to come any further than Laredo but there was one that came this far and then it got stuck oh. it got stuck <laughs> on a sandbar and it was stuck there for Almost a year, I believe, oh my goodness. until the water rose high enough for it to go back. Oh, so that's cool. so good. Um, where do we? Oh, the Republic of the Rio Grande. Yes. So from there, what happened after that? What? What? How? What did, proceeds? What proceeds in the evolution of what is Laredo? Well, after that, of course, Mexico. Um, we at that point, this was Mexico. So. Mexico stomped on that revolution, basically. Um, I was about to ask if it was violent or not. <laughs> or, uh, oh, or, or, yeah, it was violent. <laughs> for sure. Um, and that that is another very important character that we should all remember and who should be more of a, of a well-known figure in our local history, and that's Antonio Zapata, who was... Um, the commander of the cavalry of the Republic. Um, and he, you know, for want of a better word, was a bad ass. <laughs> he fought so hard for that movement. Both he fought uh, Native Americans and he fought uh, Mexican army, totally outnumbered in many instances. And and won, and beat them back. And they 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 had to think twice about it. At first, they they sent you know a few uh, a few uh, I don't know how many troops to put this down, this movement down. And then they realized, wait, this isn't <laughs> this isn't quite as easy as yeah. as we thought it would be. Um, they were using all kinds of guerrilla warfare and stuff that wasn't the normal tactic. Mm -hmm. Um, so it took them quite a lot longer to put it down than they originally thought. But Antonio Zapata was a hero of the Republic and ended up being captured and then shot and then beheaded. Goodness. Oh, goodness. 
History. Yeah. It's, history, it's uh, fascinating. It's fascinating. It's interesting too, for me at least, being on La Frontera and looking the way that I look, white passing, and being a fusion of of what that was, right? I'm Mexican, I'm American, I'm Texan. And just not really understanding that, I guess. Uh, maybe we can discourse this together here today. Um, because somos de los dos. So where I always think to myself, where would I have fallen in that time? You know, where would I have been? Would I have been, I guess, to the Republic of the Rio Grande? But it's also an interesting take because my mother is Mexican and my grandmother is Mexican. And so what would that have looked like for me? Would my parents have ever met? And it's just... I guess the interesting part about being a fronteriza mm-hmm. is that really sometimes feeling unsure about where we are with that. Yeah. Or where we could have been. Right, right. Is the main thing. Yeah. That's yeah, where yeah, the yeah. whole like Thank butterfly you. effect like conversation comes in. Like what if what if the United States came here first? I mean I mean and we're and we're talking, of course, after all the native groups. <laughs> That's true. This because was indigenous land. Not, oh my goodness! You see, in every in every country, whether <laughs> it's U.S. or Mexico, or you know, we always kind of gloss over that part. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, that's another mm-hmm. whole. Thank you for reminding us section that. of history that is also part of our genes and part of our background. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and just I guess your thoughts on being here and and what that looks like right and what that means to you because like you said all of it sort of pertains to you oh yeah we're all those people Mm -hmm. well like any any population nobody is everybody comes from somewhere else eventually and um so you know what they say that um race is a is an invented kind of thing. We're mm, all mm. M- we're all multi-layered yeah. individuals and come from many places and many backgrounds. And it's hard to just figure or or just pinpoint one and say, well, that's that's who I am or that's yeah. who I represent. It's it's just I think impossible. Mm. Embracing the fusion. Absolutely, I think that's more fun than trying to separate yourself out into just one background yeah that's a beautiful outlook i like that no there, for sure there's a whole other group of people that um we haven't talked about that also play a role in this area and um those are what came to be known as crypto jews you know we mm-hmm. think of uh this area as being largely catholic because mm-hmm. yeah the spanish missionaries came through and and you know baptized everybody and and either Catholic or Christian at some point. But the area was also settled, northern Mexico was also settled by people that were fleeing the Inquisition, mm-hmm. the Spanish Inquisition, mm-hmm. uh, that came first from Spain or Portugal to Mexico with, uh, well, actually, they came with Christopher Columbus uh, escaping and um and then they went through mexico mexico city basically when mexico city started chasing them looking hunting them down really they started moving further and further away from mexico city yeah and this area was the furthest they could get that was still new spain and um and so they they took on the identity of Catholics and changed their names and everything else in order to escape. So there's a lot of hidden Judaism uh, in the pasts of this population. Um, wow. That, you know, yeah. if, if you scratch the surface, you might realize, you know, my grandmother used to always sweep the house on Friday night and you know, see, light some candles and do things that were just kind of peculiar to her. Mm. That was, we just thought that was her thing. And she insisted we all do this. And my mom had to clean the house and light the candles and do this stuff on. And, and these are all traditions that they kept, but very quietly because they were really observing Jewish traditions. That is so interesting. And, and Jewish food even. Yeah. A lot of our food culture is still drawn from Jewish traditions. You know, there's all, there's Jewish populations everywhere, but they're normally very mm-hmm. small. 
and uh, uh, I mean a small percentage of the right. of the population. Right, 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 right. right. Yes, but like they're definitely sure. there, but I guess just like the overall embrace, the way that we do Catholicism, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's very interesting. We're a rowdy bunch. I'll say that. <laughs> and like, just a continuation. We're just a big fusion, a big, big fusion of so many things. And mm-hmm. I guess that's what makes it so interesting to us is that it's all the magic that we have here, that it's been folks that were escaping, you know, I don't know, religious prosecution or just looking for safety or just migrating because that's just what, you know, nature calls sometimes with the animals as well. And it's just a lot. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do more and more episodes with the Republic of the Rio Grande. I really do want to <laughs> talk about that. That sounds sick. I kind of want to... I I always wonder what the flag was about. And I look at it. Same. I think mm-hmm. only recently we've noticed that more people, like Kevin said, are embracing it now. Um, and this is a great insight to that. So for the listeners, I think they'll really enjoy learning that we were our own country at some point. Yeah, we, honestly. We were our own country and Laredo was the capital of that country. Para que vean, you guys lived Para in a capital vean. city. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were the capital of a country and that that building again <laughs> is the actual building. I mean, that, that was the government building of that republic. So, yeah, I encourage everybody to come to the museum because you'll get the full story there. Yeah. And uh, and get the whole explanation and, and literally walk in the footsteps of, of those people. Besides, the rest of the museum is a historic house museum. So it, uh-huh. it shows you uh, what uh, a r- typical house in Laredo would have looked like in the mm. mid-19th century. So it's a very interesting experience. Um Again, you're walking in the footsteps of a, of history, and you get a very good sense of of uh, of daily life because right. you know you were, we were talking about um, being downtown and and uh, the different types of architecture and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, the buildings uh, like that one downtown are built. You know, they're they have no windows for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might notice their doors but no windows um, <laughs> because that's how things were built then um, in the, the big thick walls that, yeah. that uh, retain the, the cool of the day. They were, they were built for that. You do feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the climate changes yeah. instantly when you walk in there. Mm-hmm. It's oh, so, yeah. so crazy. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. There were no closets. There were no bathrooms. <laughs> so that's what we you point out to, to school kids that come to tour. And it's like, what do you think about this building if you lived here? And they're like, yeah, it's nice. You know, <laughs> and, you say, and you say, well, where can you see where, where are the bathrooms? And then they, and then it, you can see it. You see it, you know, dawning on them. There's like, yeah, where are the bathrooms? Like, <laughs> yeah, where are the bathrooms? Uh, and where, you know, if if you if you had to cook or 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 wash your face or something, there's no plumbing in here. Yeah, where where would you think they got the the water? Like over there, you see the river over there. <laughs> if you needed to wash your face or cook dinner. You needed to go several times a day down to the river with your water containers. And we all know how heavy water Mm -hmm. is. Imagine doing that over and over and over on a daily basis. Just a different (laughs) lifestyle completely. Honestly. A more simple time. (laughs) (laughs) More difficult time. (laughs) Wow, the river's always been our lifeblood. It is. Honestly, that's why a lot of settlements usually literally revolve Mm -hmm. itself around water. Because that's if you don't have that, then Mm -hmm. it's the source. Yeah. Yeah. It's the source of life. We need to love our Rio Grande more. Exactly. Yeah. Take care of it. Take care of Mm -hmm. it. Protect it. Mm -hmm. Um, So fast forwarding a little bit more in this beautiful timeline of Laredo. Uh, Spain's in it. Right. Uh, Let's fast forward to the part where the United States kicks in. The whole, you know, how it wants to take over basically the huge chunk of what is Mexico. Uh, what was, if any, if there was a role in uh, that Laredo had basically during that entire like battle between the U.S. and Mexico? Well, um, <clears throat> that is not my strong point that... <laughs> 
But I'll tell you whose it is, and that's Dr. Jerry Thompson at Temi U, okay. who could be far more articulate than, than me. Uh, but, you know, it didn't just happen all at once. Yeah. It, it took a long, long time. I mean, there was the United, the United States was established before they finally came, got all the way down here to Texas. And then, mm-hmm. and then like I said, the, the, the actual, the river did not become the international border until 1848, which is way later, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a, a hundred years later almost. So, um, so it took, it took a long time to fight uh, the other colonial powers right. in in the United in what is now the United States. There was France and there was Spain that were also holding on to their own territories and that's very true. And so um it it took some time to to become what it is now. I always forget France is like part of this conversation too. Oh absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Not to be rude to for French people. Our French listeners are right. Yeah. In fact I always uh, forget about you know that. French colonists also arrived in Texas. Some would say before Spanish colonists. Oh, I mean, our neighboring, take. our neighboring uh, state literally still has its very strong French roots. Louisiana, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, and its Spanish roots too. A hundred percent. You yeah. know, if you go to New Orleans and everybody considers that such a French city, but mm-hmm. you you look at the architecture and all of that wrought iron stuff, that's Spanish. That's not French. Uh, really, like the plaza style sort of. The plaza is uh, you, you go to the Jackson Square, mm-hmm. and um, there's markers on the on the edges of it that say Plaza de Armas, Plaza de Armas. Ahí <laughs> está. <laughs> it's in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. so cool. Okay, that that's something new I learned. So see another just cool. fusion. It's 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 beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It makes me want to definitely visit now even more <laughs> just on that note on its own. Um, okay. So th- that's. I know, right? We're lost in the timeline, Margarita. Que los faltó? No, I'm nos sorry. I, w- I didn't go in a very. No, that's. Um, we were also just chronological going back fashion and forth. or anything. And <laughs> There's just so much. The whole purpose of me just bringing up that section specifically was mainly just to maybe lead into us to how, which is the whole purpose of this episode here. How and why did we start just celebrating George Washington in the end? <laughs> you fast forward to it. No, because that's the point I was trying to make. Like, is it because the United States, because at that point, the revolution was over. They oh, established yeah. themselves at the United States. Mm-hmm. Homeboy was just chilling out, you know, in his, <laughs> in his like plantation uh, loc- house or whatever. And then the whole like manifest destiny is happening, right? Everyone from the east is trying to get land on the west. Louisiana Purchase happens and all this other good stuff in between. And then while all that is happening, we're just here in Laredo minding our own business, dealing with Spain (laughs) and everything else in between. But it still leaves me curious as to how someone so far east comes over here, takes the land, and then all of a sudden we're celebrating this man in a way like not to not to diss on george washington up to a certain point he's a pretty diss on him it's okay i mean well, you he know, has gumption. frankly george washington <laughs> never got near here so 100 there's never no did. reason to include him frankly in in the in the background mm-hmm. of this he, he was long gone I exactly mean, that's so the part that blows the, my mind a little bit here. yeah no the we celebrate george washington because they picked him as a figure that both Americans and Mexicans respected. And, um, and, and uh, the celebration started once the city, you know, the city was a Spanish city, was, then it was a Mexican city. Mm-hmm. So everything here, all, all the, the official language was Spanish, Government meetings were were uh, conducted in Spanish. Everything, for all practical purposes, was Mexican or Spanish. The culture was Spanish, Mexican. Even the the currency yeah. was 
when it when it was the United States. So you know, when in the 1880s, when the rail when the first railroads uh, arrived here in Laredo, the railroad tracks were mm -hmm. extended and arrived to Laredo. Um, that's when business people uh, from other uh, areas of Europe, European immigrants, started arriving in, in uh, Laredo. Uh -huh. Europe, um, Non-Hispanic European immigrants. So that's when we start seeing, you know, the arrival of Germans, French, mm -hmm. Italians, um, coming to to uh, seek their fortunes, frankly, like everybody does everywhere else. Yeah. Um, and so they started arriving in Laredo and, and making their homes here and um, blending and trying to blend in with the population. Of course, the first thing they did was start intermarrying into the population. And so you have Leindeckers and Brunies and Martins, German... Italian, French <laughs> names, but they're intermarrying with Benavideses and uh, Santos and Ramos. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, now all those families are both, you, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they may have an Italian or a French or a German last name, but you scratch the surface and there's Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as there should be. So, so anyway, when they first arrived and, and, you know, started forming their own groups and their own business associations, et cetera, and they started realizing they were having a lot of problems with this dominant Mexican culture. And they wanted, in, in, at the time in Laredo, um, all the holidays that were celebrated were Mexican holidays. Yes, he says, you know, just... Everything was geared toward Mexico because it had been Mexico. Yeah, there's roots. So the roots are there. You can't just turn it off because somebody says that's the border and now you're American. So <laughs> everybody mm -hmm. still mm -hmm. felt very Mexican. Anyway, so they they decided these these European non-Hispanic European immigrants said, let's form a celebration that is. American, mm -hmm. American in color and nature and definition, and uh, something patriotic that will that will inspire American patriotism, loyalty towards America mm -hmm. in this population. And, and who can we? So who can we uh, choose to be the focal point of this American celebration? They said, well. George Washington is revered in Latin America because he was he was seen as a liberator. Yeah, uh, and um, and so they said, yeah, that's somebody that that Mexicans will uh, will would like to celebrate, and uh, of course um, Americans will too, as the father of the United States. Right. So um, they they hit on George Washington. So let's celebrate George Washington's birthday, and that's. That's the origin yeah. of the George Washington celebration. Of course, you know, Laredo being Laredo, within a couple years, um, the celebration is taken over by the dominant Mexican business people and, and who were actually the, the uh, elected officials and all the governing agencies in the, in the city were all run by by Mexicans, mm -hmm. Mexican heritage people. And so all of a sudden now we have Noche Mexicana coming into the celebration. Yeah. And then little by little, more and more, it was turning more and more Mexican. And George Washington himself was a Mexican-American citizen, mm -hmm. you know, and, and everything else. <laughs> how, how could it not be? We were, <laughs> we were the dominant... Uh, uh, Populous. Pop, uh, segment of the population. Yep. So, yeah, it was. It was. It became a Mexican American festival with a nominal head of a of the first president of the United States. That's interesting, and uh, and the reason I said for I think it's a decent choice, uh, mainly is despite his history, 
that he has being the person he is. Oh, with Washington. With Washington okay, at the time. Take. It's that, and not to quote, um, I forgot his name. It's leaving my mind, but I read a, a book and it's called Gumption. And one of the first people he talks about is literally George Washington, um, along with other you know historical figures. But mainly the first one being him is because he is what the government should have should be, um, basically bipartisan. He did not want two parties like you know systems. He didn't want anything like that. Um, granted, some random. Uh, a rolling chair historian online might say otherwise to me and bring up receipts and stuff like that. But from my research on it and just hearing and reading about this guy after reading that book made me realize that he was decent and why people wanted him to be the president, even though he was like, no, nah, I don't want this job. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> we just we just removed the king. Why are you going to put me in charge of everything? So uh, decent and he, choice. And he turned it over. He didn't yeah. stay. You know, after his term, that was the first peaceful transition of power. You know, he could have he could have just yeah. said, I'm in, I'm staying, I'm going to be the king, basically. Yeah. And uh, people would have gone with it because he was such a hero mm -hmm. of the revolution. And he himself was the first to say, no, somebody else needs to take over from me. And he handed it over. That was yeah. yeah, it was it was hugely important. And that was another reason he was so well respected. Yeah. And it's on that note, it's just like I can see as to why out of everyone that could have been the top <laughs> historical figure to choose. Because at that point, if you asked me if I was at that time and someone was like, all right, we need an event. We need to choose a, an important person to celebrate to make it an American thing. I honestly wouldn't even know who to choose. If it wasn't, I guess, Washington in that case. I would have loved to know who the options were, though. Yeah, I would have loved their minds. that. Who, who else were they? Well, you know, nobody's perfect. And, and now we're also conflicted about everybody's past. But yeah. mm -hmm. everybody's mm -hmm. past is their past. <clears throat> and, and yeah, you, you, you will never find a perfect human being. But No, never. <laughs> we're, it, by definition, like literally what we always hear, we're human. So we're going to be flawed <laughs> mm -hmm. in any way. Granted, some more than more others. More than others. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, you, but had yeah, to, for if sure. you had to pick somebody, that, that wasn't a bad choice. Mm -hmm. At the time. Of course. Given the 1800s. <laughs> you know, getting back to, to your earlier comments about um, how you were conflicted, you know, as a younger person, seeing, you know, the opulence on one side and the, and the poverty on the other. And a lot of people mm -hmm. have criticized the, the celebration because of those to extremes mm -hmm. um and th those are very valid points and yeah absolutely um but again um it's what it's what it turned into uh and and yeah th those were that that's what it's become <laughs> i guess um it's it's surprising it's surprising how popular it continues to be mm -hmm. given those those um challenges mm -hmm. and and those two extremes yeah that i was telling margarita a little bit before we started recording how it's just so interesting the whole wbca thing and how you do have two completely different dynamics um i mean and like they mentioned throughout the years it was always something that sort of started nash i mean it, no facts nationalism was really what pushed this to to be what it is. It was folks wanting to feel identified. A bit of colonization, in my opinion, but that's just my thoughts. Um, and with that, it's very much loved, a very much loved festival, but it's also so, I don't know, it's so complex to me. Um, I guess a hot take would be like, at this point, knowing what we know um, and where we're at now as as a city, is it something that makes sense to flip the script on? Is it time to maybe keep it as is, keep all the celebrations, but maybe instead of Washington, focusing more on a local hero or leader? Or oh, well, that would be just as fraught with <laughs> issues. Uh, I mean, you know, <laughs> They'd be so mad at everybody me. <laughs> would stand up and say, why that person? And, or why... You know, why him? Why her? Why, yeah. you know, the, oof. <laughs> T 
to pick a local hero now, uh, I think might even be more difficult than picking yeah. somebody from mm. history. And I think we had a whole like lengthy conversation about that uh, outside of the podcast. Basically, in the consensus came down to like, I think we can't technically find anyone, especially like you mentioned, this day and age, everyone's history is online and it's going to be found somewhere <laughs> or another. Uh, and it came down to maybe we aren't able to find someone to replace that. But I think we can at least change the perspective as to why we celebrate it. Because it's turned into, and this is at least now my perspective in terms of besides nationalism, it's more now in this day and age, just straight up just capitalism being wealth, being flaunted in certain aspects of the festival. Granted, it's also very nice to have um, carnivals coming in and, and just like musicians and stuff like that that represent our culture. That's the cool part about it. I don't mind money being funded to celebrate things like that, but it's more other aspects to it that also kind of show that not all of Laredo can celebrate certain parts of the WBCA events. There's some parts that are just limited in terms of just class and mm-hmm. uh, class division mm-hmm. and it's and it's prominent it's very obvious in in most cases or at least to those who want to acknowledge it at least because there's they, some that and, don't some and don't. Those, those kinds of celebrations with exactly these issues take place in lots and lots and lots of cities around the united states look at san antonio's fiesta yeah it's huge. It's beautiful. Whatever. They also have a court of debutantes that are, up, you know, apart. Uh, as far as um, that's a very wealthy uh, class of individuals who are basically having a coming out party, as as do the ones here, and and not everybody participates in that part of it, but people enjoy it. Uh, of all of all economic backgrounds, whether it's mm-hmm. in the parades that they have where mm-hmm. where the mm-hmm. Debs come out and and everybody gets to enjoy the beautiful opulent uh, gowns and everything else, whether or not you would ever be one of those is another matter. But um, I believe uh, Brownsville has the very same thing. People have these kinds of celebrations all over, uh, all over Europe, all over. You know, United States, it's it's a thing. <laughs> very much. Classism is a thing. It well, I guess, is. yes, I, I hear that. Um, just living in Laredo now and and wanting growth and, and change, I guess I'm always welcome to the idea if, if y'all ever make me mayor, mm-hmm. we're going to just rebrand a little bit. And I'm a big Jovita Idad stan. Um I think that she's great and we need to uplift more women like her that were here on La Frontera doing amazing things and going against challenges that are just a lot, I think. Um, yeah. Pero bueno, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of people that are still largely unknown, a lot of yeah. heroes, yeah. which is why we need to study our local yes, history. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's a very For good sure. point. Um, and then from there, maybe we'll narrow it down to a few <laughs> to choose from. <laughs> and then that's the other thing we, we also ended up thinking of, instead of like an individual person, why not a collection of people? Or just that a, we celebrate. Or just yeah, a, a collection or, or just, just a, a topic, um, yeah. not necessarily people. Yeah, um, I like that better. You know, mm-hmm. I think that would be cool. Like celebrating the river, mm-hmm. what yeah. that represents yes, to all of us, are you know, <laughs> the yeah. land. Now the yes, real question yes. is, can this be <laughs> bipartisan within everyone? That's a that's a different story at that point. But I would say actually, the river would be actually a pretty good, like, entity that we can technically. And we should. Yeah. And we should. I think it's mm-hmm. something that I learned um, growing out of my own city is going to school at another, you know, city that was very much proud of the life blood that was their river Mm -hmm. and seeing how much care and how much preservation um, went into it, coming back and not seeing that it's, it's a little strange to me um, because it is our lifeblood because so much happens on there and it was the reason we found it here. Um, yeah. and the fact that we don't, we treat it as secondary or something that'll always be there is just a little mind blowing. And I feel like it does 
it helps at least, I think in my opinion, it can help acknowledge the land. It'll acknowledge how it not only physically divides, but technically, culturally puts us together, brings us together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a group of people. Because I can tell you right now, from the people we were interviewing in like Jalapeno Fest and stuff, um, it wasn't just people from Laredo. People were coming from like out of town, from McAllen, mm-hmm. coming true. here. And then even people Nuevo. from Nuevo, Nuevo Laredo coming over here to celebrate with us oh, yeah. this this event. And I'm like, like <laughs> why... And I and again to your point uh, to the main reason behind it, shout out George Washington, cool, but like he's not what technically brings us together. It's technically, in my opinion, the, the river. That damn, that's really good. Mm-hmm. We could use the river at that point. <laughs> 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 the revelation is coming to me. <laughs> well, that's what's so cool about this conversation, right? Is that all these takes or all these thoughts are are what goes behind it. Um, it is super fun to enjoy. And like we talked about, there is a whole access that becomes available to our community that doesn't always have the privilege to be able to go out of town. And like you said, enjoy these carnivals, yep. enjoy these concerts that, yes, cost money, but at least it's in their backyard. We spoke to so many people that were so proud to be out there that night. And I think that's what makes it beautiful, right, is that we felt that connection. We felt that love. We felt that pride. Um, and then there's the other side, the part that we didn't get to go to because we don't have access to to talk to these folks and yeah. maybe they wouldn't want to talk to us they wouldn't based they on would us asking 100% them these not questions want to talk to us. but you know it's it's the um, the interesting point of it like you said margarita this is sort of how it is everywhere but it's always been an interesting conversation for us because it's we wonder why washington and until you get the history on this you sort of just continue on with the with the head scratch of it all yeah well you yeah. know laredo's the only city in the nation that celebrates George Washington's birthday with a parade. I mean, other people <laughs> celebrate his birthday, but nobody does it with a parade. Right. So <laughs> there you go. And it's a very cool parade. It's a lavish it parade. It is. It's nice. We it's, love the parade. It's, it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and, and that's a thing that we, I think, should emphasize if anyone at this point like is listening this far in and not getting no, mad. mad at us yeah like <laughs> i'm down for the parade the parade's dope like it brings people together it actually like it it's great for the community to just be able to hang out and basically just see each other because more often than not especially and again sounds like a broken record but since the pandemic and uh is kind of trickling down with the cases and we're able to now walk around without restrictions it feels weird almost that we are able to hang out again after two years of being restricted. And it's just, I feel like people are barely starting to learn that again. And I feel like as low count of people coming into certain events is starting to grow again more. And they're starting to realize that these events are literally for the community. Mm-hmm. Some events not really for the complete community, but um, but yeah. Well, but what we have to emphasize is 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 reaching out to each other, whether we mm-hmm. understand the reasoning uh, for the separate types of of events or celebrations, whatever. I, I think it's always more helpful to try to understand it and and reach out and not create you know enemies or or targets um, of criticism or of anything else I, th- I don't think that's helpful um, it it, uh, it would be better to to transform maybe yeah. the, the extremes rather than just um, point them out yes right. and that's why I think this conversation was so important we never wanted to um, give any sort of angle in that sense too I think it's something I've seen as my time here in Laredo it's a conversation that nobody wants to have for that same reason. But I think it should be a conversation we have. I think it's something like we're having now. We're just discoursing it and, and understanding it for what it is and embracing the beauty of it. And like we said, it brings folks together. And mm-hmm. it's just knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And thank you for giving us that power today because I hope a lot of folks that are listening are are just as mind-blowing as, as I was when I first heard <laughs> this information. <laughs> yeah, people don't want, the, people don't want to uh, rock the boat for sure. And we're not saying to change anything. Like, I want to keep the parade. I want to make sure we're <laughs> able to have these events that bring people together. Mm-hmm. It's just there is certain things that we have to acknowledge that mm-hmm. we can't pretend to not see. That um, it has evolved from the beginnings being technically nationalist down to now modern day situations. 
uh, sorry, modern day um, uh, struggles, which involves just being uh, almost classist in certain in certain ways. Um, but yeah, it's just let's have the conversation and acknowledge that it's not always pretty. <laughs> that there are some things that we can definitely fix or at least evolve evolve from Maybe not exactly fix, but evolve there's always room for for growth yeah not necessarily remove things or change like change things. it's just literally like maybe like, change but evolve. change but I, I say evolve <laughs> we'll evolve it, <laughs> right, right 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 it's kind of <laughs> hard to it's kind of hard to like explain how or at least me right now trying to explain like what i'm trying to get at but it's just like <laughs> first step is as always like we need to have the conversation Right, ultimately and and this conversation always reminds me of when uh, gabe from por vida shouts out uh he wrote an article on this when we were having the static age mag and he granted he's more radical the, the type of person he is so he was like really going all in like he had no filter on it and he bring he brought the facts he did he did his research and stuff like that um but he's he basically calls it out as as he sees it and which is really nice to see that in all perspectives, we're not trying to do it like that either. <laughs> Go yeah. full, full blown Lare- be like, no. <laughs> Laredo, you know, is a is a community that has always had great extremes of wealth and of poverty. Mm-hmm. And and those are things that need to be resolved or, mm-hmm. or at least tried to be alleviated. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to live in a in a that kind of a society where there's great, right. there's there's great amounts of wealth here, despite what people, the uh, opinion a lot of people have of the city. There are hugely wealthy people here and families, yeah. and there is of course a huge amount of poverty, and that's the challenge to local officials and state officials and national officials, and mm-hmm. and it's a challenge to us to. To make ourselves heard, mm-hmm. um, to get the attention that we deserve down here, just like we did once just before, just like we did during the republic. <laughs> it's like nobody's oh, listening to yeah. us. Yeah, see, full circle. This is going to become this. its own entity again, <laughs> or else. <Yeah. laughs> and you said something, Margarita. Stephen F. Austin is not the father of Texas. Tell him about it for the kids that don't know that need to learn today. <laughs> She's like, bleep that That's out. That's a hot button <laughs> issue. <laughs> Especially around now, the Texas textbooks, you know, are are, are uh, interesting. <laughs> because, I love that. Because of that, you know, they, they, they begin Texas history with the arrival of uh, Anglo-Texans mm-hmm. or anglo immigrants mm-hmm. to this country to this area but of course this area was mexico already <laughs> and before it was mexico it was the land of all the native tribes that mm-hmm. lived here uh and still do so yeah Stephen <laughs> f austin is not despite what your texas history book tells you is not the father of texas there you go you heard it here first there it is well bam <laughs> I think we've gotten a lot of information today. Yes. I hope the listeners have learned so much. Um, all this also started because we we met at the Leadership Institute, but you had this book that we have in front of us right now. It's this big red book. And you said it was written by? Dr. Stanley Green. Dr. Stanley Green, uh, the history of the Washington's birthday celebration. And if you flip through the pages, um, there's just so much in there. Again, the complexity and the duality and the fusion of, of everything that is Laredo. Um, you even have Selena in there. You have pictures of of the old parade. That's yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. And that's how you said it slowly started becoming more and more. More and more Mexican. Robert E. Lee Hotel. That was one of the floats in 1925. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this has just been going on for so long. And some of us, some of the folks that we talk to, you know, don't know it as such. It's just another Another festival, you know, another way to, how Kevin said, enjoy some music, drink some beer. But y'all don't even know. This has been going on since like 1940, Martha Washington. Like what? Since 1889, I believe. Yeah, 1889. So, yeah. And through the years, it's just seen so many changes and and so much. It's just definitely something to to look at. Right. Something to explore. Support your local museum support your local history come to founders day 
talk to us, talk to Margarita, talk to the amazing folks on her team. There's just so much for us to to learn. Really, there really, really is. And I feel like, um, and this is just probably my two cents. I personally would watch a documentary on this, uh, a more modernized one, right? And uh, but I feel like definitely a good way that could be. <laughs> I hate this. Um, it's probably like the zoomer in me to explain, but they could be little segments and like on TikTok just to explain like history <laughs> in Laredo, like little tidbits, right? Like little tidbits, simple as that. Like we we have we have videos on Laredo history on <gasps> on segments of Laredo history that were developed for that Laredo curriculum. Um, so they are out there on our website and on um, I think on our Facebook page too. And you were mentioning that I don't know if we caught that on on tape. I think we did the curriculum. The the one that you got a. a, a an award for no no that was a video series that was done during the pandemic but um there's yeah. a curriculum there's for a curriculum Texas, for Laredo history yes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really so if there's teachers out there educators that are interesting in adopting that mm -hmm. or just checking that out yeah. please reach out i think that that's super cool super important i wish i would have learned that i mean shout out to my history teachers they did a great job i love history but i would have loved to learn about Laredo. sure i hate that i'm my age, just learning about the Republic of the Rio Grande. And if we only <laughs> learn a little bit from Texas or something like that, it's literally like super quick. Like, remember the Alamo? I was like, cool. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's, that's a whole that. other yeah, <laughs> big <laughs> problematic <laughs> piece of history. I'm like, that's cool, but that's, that's not for even another here. morning yeah. with tacos yeah. this time. <laughs> as um, I'm going through the book, there's some there's some quotes in here. It's cool. Um, as a child, I remember watching the parade from the Texaco station on the corner of Matamoros and San Bernardo, which my uncle owned. Every year, my father would take a flatbed truck and park it there for families to view the parade. Shoot. It's that kind of stuff that I think makes it so beautiful to me. There's so much nostalgia to the Washington's birthday celebration. Right. All facts and history aside, I think that's what just makes it so beautiful and so embraced in our community. And, well, and it speaks volumes. I found a, sorry, <laughs> I found a, a, a random YouTuber who lives here. Mm. And she talked about how her experience so far has been living here. And it's literally been like, it, she, and she describes it perfectly, in my opinion, at least in this portion, because some other parts I didn't agree, uh, that it's very family oriented. And the parade itself is a perfect example mm -hmm. of what it is. Mm -hmm. Even that little description alone, you park, you tailgate at, like next to the parade, you're all there hanging out. And it's a whole event on its own, like even just among your family, even right. if it's not you witnessing the, uh, the parade. But at least just being there with family and friends to hang out. Yeah, that's what history is. I mean, it's a it's a it's a generational transmission of shared memories. It's, that's what this is: the parade and the the whole celebration. So, yeah, we we have people that you know have gone when they were little kids with their parents, with their grandparents, and will probably you know grow up and if it Do continues, the they'll yeah. they'll mm -hmm. take their kids eventually and. <laughs> That's a nice thing. I love that. I'd love to know what's one of your favorite or best memories of the Washington's birthday celebration. Oh, wow. Well, as I tell people, I used, I grew up downtown. My, my family lived where the federal courthouse is now. Oh, wow. So the parade used to literally go by about two blocks away from my house. And so... Um, my my memory, my oldest memory of, of it is hearing the Mexican military bands that were waiting for the parade to start on this side practicing. Yeah. And they were practicing wherever <laughs> they were staging them at the time. And it was all bugles really, really loud, you know, about seven o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh, oh wow, yeah, it's parade day. Um, Who needs roosters? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Mexican parade going on. No, that was fun, though. That, <laughs> I think that, that was beautiful. the signal, you know. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's, it's <time>. happening. <laughs> yeah. I always like that we invite our neighboring cities. Absolutely. Because like you said, we've always been one collective. Um, so it's cool to see that that's a, a tradition that we still keep alive. I think as, as Fronterizos, we really are trying to fuse mm -hmm. that. We're trying to build connections through this podcast. We're trying to bring people together and ideas together just like this big melting pot that is the Washington's birthday yep. celebration. Thank you so much for giving us your morning. We really appreciate it. We learned so much. 
I hope you feel like you've given enough information on Washington's <laughs> birthday celebration. If, if you not, missed anything, please let them know. There's always a part two. <laughs> True. There's always parts two. This will be a series of series of episodes with the Washington. Thank you. Birthday. Thank you all for the opportunity. And and again, I invite you all to the Republic of the Rio Grande Museum and the and the Villantigua Border Heritage Museum and come to all our events and our Founders Day and in May and um, you're always welcome to come and, and um, please continue trying to learn on your own our own Laredo history it'll make you very proud I love that <laughs> jinx well anywhere else, anything else that they should know we're letting them know about Founders Day the museums are there hours that they should know sometimes folks are a little confused about that yeah the museums are open Tuesday to Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, and you can look us up on Facebook. Uh, our website is being redone right now, but it'll be up soon. Mm -hmm. And then you'll get a lot more information there about everything we've talked about today. So the like the little courses that you're talking about, is that only on the website or is that also on Facebook, like you said? Some of them are on Facebook, okay. uh, but I think all of them are on, on, the, on the website. And there's a new website also. That's called Republic of the Rio Grande dot org, um, and it's uh, only about the uh, exhibit at the museum, but okay. it also has a little uh, curriculum in there. Any other like social media spots you guys have besides Facebook and the website? Like, um, do you guys have? Like, they're on Instagram. Instagram. See, mm -hmm. we're okay. on Instagram, and um, and yeah, Andrea at the museum handles all of the social media. <laughs> Does a great job of it. Um, and there's also our ghost tours, which we did during the month of yes. October. Don't mm -hmm. wait around to be spooky in October. Do it all year round. It's really cool to be downtown and listening to all these things and, yep. and having access to it. I mean, they've worked so hard to create this for us, y'all. Please, please, please support local history. Like she said, do your own research. Get your own perspective on things. Hit us back in the comments and say, hey, you missed this part. Or, hey, did you know about this? Because we'd love to I would to love learn the tidbits. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bring all the tidbits. Bueno. Y los dejamos hasta el otro episodio. All right. See Until you guys next, next week. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mm -hmm.